Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another exciting episode. Zooming in all the way from the beautiful province of Ontario, British Columbia. We've got Ms. Maria Ricott, and she is a real estate juggernaut. She's been in the game. Maria, it's, it's hard to believe, but I think you've been in the game since the 1980s, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? I started my first business in the 1980s. So I'm celebrating 41 years, Dave. Congratulations. Thank you for uh, having me on your show. In real estate, I started in my first house I bought in 1988. And then I started investing in real estate in 2000. So that's 23 years as a real estate investor. Yeah. Wow. Very that, and, and pretty much you name it. Maria's done it, seen it, been around it. Yes. That's for sure. But today we're yes. going to kind of laser focus in on your experience with Airbnb investments, mm -hmm. Maria. So you were telling me off camera that uh, you've been doing this since about 2000. In 2000, the, in the yeah. Rental, and that's way yeah. before Airbnb was Airbnb and anybody ever really knew much about it. So. Absolutely. When I started in 2000, that was my dream because I had moved to the town of Niagara Lake, which is really a, a bed and breakfast and cottage town. And mm -hmm. uh, so in 2000, I decided, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to launch it. And uh, nobody knew about short-term rentals then, Dave. I mean, even when I was interviewed 10 years later, people were, didn't even know about short-term rentals. Now it's the new genre, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's a lot that goes into that and with it. But 23 years ago, I actually had a website built that nobody was doing in those days. And in fact, I had my first website built in 1993. Who even wow. thought of a website? Nobody, right? So I've, I've kind of been ahead of the curve. And so I'm going to be throwing things in there that I, where I see real estate going now, whether it's mm -hmm. good bad, or indifferent or whatever, but people really need to pay attention to what the governments are doing if in the country, the province, the state, because there is there is some bad things going on. You may not believe me, but go on my website, realwealthrealestate.com, watch my videos, read my blogs, and find out for yourself. Because I can tell you anything in the world, but you're not going to believe me. I mean, that's kind of the problem that's ha happening now, Dave. So well, there's just so many, just so many different sources of information. It's it's challenging it for people to know what yes. what's real what's not right so yeah getting I, back to the whole airbnb side yeah. of things yes well, why don't we take a look at what yeah. what did that look like 20 some years ago and how has it changed over these couple of decades well, okay so what's changed is no one knew there's no such thing as airbnb there was a mm -hmm. bed and breakfast and cottage rent and i belonged to the niagara lake bed and breakfast association and they had their own website and people would come through the website and they would send it to us, right? We had, they were called captains. So they would send us people. And then I, I had my website built. So people- And, and it was it was literally a bed and breakfast at that time. Like breakfast was included included back in those days. Oh yeah, right? oh yeah, yeah. But, but also, you know, the same thing when I did, like I had two, I had a bed and breakfast, I had a cottage rental, but I was serving breakfast at both places because I knew that's what people wanted. So, right. so that's kind of the way it went along. And then what happens is, is, is kind of interesting is that when I was in, when I started the business, I thought, you know, and I was looking at Expedia, I was looking at booking.com and I thought, this is where we should be. Mm. And nobody was even thinking about that. So I remember I called them up and said, you know what? I have a bed and breakfast cottage rental. I'd like to, I'd like to be on your website. And they said, oh, no, no, that's not the kind of rentals we do. <laughs> and I remember saying they have missed an opportunity. 
Oh, so, they big, big time. Yeah. Huh, completely. Kind of, like, kind of like a blockbuster moment them for them there, yeah. right? Yeah. Like blockbuster yeah. video. Yeah. So what happened is years later, they got in touch with me. I wasn't looking for them any longer. So booking.com got in touch with me and said, okay, I'd like to have you on my site. Then Expedia did. And then Airbnb did. And so they got me on their site. They came down to Niagara Lake, met us all, you know, talked, talked it up and all of that. Gave us lots yep. of gifts and everything. But the people themselves, the customers didn't understand what a bed and breakfast was. Interesting. Was rental. They understood hotels. So uh-huh. there was so much education happening then also with Airbnb. When I started with Airbnb, there was people sending me, um, they, they want to make a reservation at my Airbnb. But these were fake. They were all fake. Hmm. So that's what was going on was a lot of that fake stuff was coming on. So I oh, just... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Right. A lot of it's happening now, but it was really bad at that time. And I remember thinking, what, who are these people? And I used to call them up and say, these are fakes. You know, are you paying attention to this at all? You know, so that's how we've come. So now the people had to become educated. So it's only we as hosts becoming educated about the new technology, but the people themselves had to think outside of just going to a hotel. And actually coming to people's homes. Some people just didn't feel comfortable with it. So what happened was I used to have a lot of people, baby boomers, that understood about bed and breakfast and cottage rentals. And they used to come all year round. I had business every month, almost every weekend. And then you could see that was lagging. So what was happening is that the, uh, the baby boomers are getting older and they weren't coming necessarily all year round and what happened uh-huh. we had the new millennials coming in with airbnb and booking.com but mostly airbnb that was a different kind of customer we've got to understand booking.com is one kind of customer expedia is another kind of customer airbnb and then vrbo that was on all those sites vrbo bedandbreakfast.com mm-hmm. like all of them in the states and i got a lot of people coming through that way so what happened was that the millennials started to come and they wanted to pay very little money. Mm. That's the other thing. So what happened was the prices started to drop. So we had people that were coming that weren't respecting the property, weren't mm. respecting the hosts. It was a completely different customer. And we still have that going on now. And then I said this about uh, seven years ago with Airbnb, that what was going to happen is that we were going to have regular tenants that can't find any place else to live and that they're they're, they're being uh, evicted. They have no place else to go. They're coming on the Airbnb site. And many landlords are taking these people at face value. They get them in and these people won't leave. Oh, wow. So this is what's been going on for about seven years now. And it's worse and worse all the time now. So that's what people should be aware. First of all, the type of people coming in has changed completely. You've got to really know how to understand who that person is. Ask the right questions. You have 24 hours. I don't do instant book. I take 24 hours to make a decision. And in that time, I ask all kinds of questions. I check on whether they've had really good five-star reviews. If they don't have reviews, that means something. Right. If they have, like, if they've had five reviews and only one person has posted about them, guess what? 
So you've, you, you almost like you have to become like a detective, Dave, now to be successful in real estate as a landlord, whether it's long term or short term, you have to understand the business and you have to protect your property and yourself. Well, and let, your- let me ask you this, Maria, because my understanding was that the whole Airbnb side of things didn't come under the Landlord Tenancy Act. It came under more like the, the Hotel the Keepers Act, yeah. in which case you can kick them out if they haven't paid or they're doing damage or something like that. Are you telling me that's not the case? Not necessarily. If they stay longer than 28 days or a month, Ah. that's the end. And and many unsuspecting landlords are actually, because people will say to them, uh, I want to stay longer. Got it. But I want to pay you directly and not Airbnb. And once they do that, or even through Airbnb, if they pay and say, I want to stay longer, you can't kick them out. If they've been in there for a month. Yes. So people should understand that, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Like this is the educational part that, you know, we didn't need to know all this stuff when I started 23 years ago. I didn't need to know any of this Mm -hmm. stuff, right? People came, people left. They didn't damage anything. I mean, in all these years, 23 years, I've only had people making glasses, right? They never made a mess. But Mm -hmm. with the new generation, they come in, they go in the room, they smoke pot. They're not supposed to. And then they leave and complain and want their money back. So we are have, this is what's going on all over. And, and in Niagara, we had uh, two girls that were killed in, a, in an Airbnb property. So what we're seeing wow. is damage is done. People um, just sitting in the property, not leaving. And, and these poor people don't know what to do. The landlords don't know what to do because they, they thought it would be easy. They've never been a landlord before. They don't have the experience like you and I do with long-term tenants, which I've had, right? Because I have both long and short. I've, I've dealt with mm-hmm. both of them, right? They're not asking the right questions. If you go on Facebook, just go on those sites and just read the, what they put on there. Just read. Mm-hmm. You know, so what, it can't be all doom and gloom or you would have left the business a long time ago, Maria. So what, what, what would you recommend to people who are either Edu- already involved or wanting education. to get involved in the short-term rental? Education. Education. Uh-huh. Join courses. Join my course that I can teach. I've helped many, many people. Go online. You can go on my website. You can go on my YouTube channel, realwealthrealestate.com. There it is. There's a section, you know, that talks about short-term rentals, education. And if you don't have education, you're going to get stuck with somebody and you don't know what to do with it. And and there's Airbnb uh, sites on uh, for Canadians, right? I've got a couple myself, right? Canadian Short-Term Rental Host Association. Now I've got my own associations. That's where you need to go to get the advice. But before you get to a point that it... that it is a disaster. You have Mm -hmm. to make sure you understand the business. First of all, read whatever Airbnb sends you, what your rights are, what your rights aren't. So when I started with Airbnb, Dave, we used to get a photograph of the people who were coming at the very beginning. Then all of a sudden they stopped. So I remember calling them up and saying, why are you doing this? Oh, because that's discrimination. I said, Mm -hmm. you know what? That's not right. That's discriminating against me that I don't know who's coming into my home. Right. Right. But I mean, that was just like talking to the wind. Right. But I mean that we have to be aware of who is coming to our properties. It's all education, just like regular tenants. You just won't let. OK, let me put this to you. I have just bought a hundred thousand uh, dollar car. 
Lamborghini. And you say to me, Dave, I want to drive that. Do I just throw the keys and say, yeah? I, w- I would hope so, Maria, because you know, we've known <laughs> each other for a while. Well, I don't but think I would. It's the same thing. When somebody mm-hmm. buys a house, 500000 300000 a million, whatever, do you just let anybody in there without checking who they are? Yeah, exactly. I so, so that's what I'm saying is that's how you protect yourself. And, and you don't, you want to educate yourself before you even get into the business. Like when I started mm-hmm. real estate in 2000, my father was a real estate investor. So I saw what he used to do, right, with the people. But anyways, I went to courses. I was going to Toronto almost every week to learn the business of real estate. I actually even went to weekend-long seminars to learn about the rights we have as landlords from a paralegal. I have spent money, thousands of dollars, educating myself, and I still made some mistakes. I had a mentor, mm-hmm. right away, I had a mentor when I started 23 years ago. This is what people need to do, Dave. If you want to go into short-term rentals, you've got to find a mentor to do that. You don't go on your own. It's too, da- it, really, the words I use is too dangerous now that we have mm-hmm. squatters going in and people can't get them out. And their stories, don't right. believe me, go on Facebook and, and read those pages. No, read- fair enough. So Maria, you're you're going concerned with real estate investing. What are your plans? What are you doing more of or what are you focusing on these days? What I'm doing right now, Dave, because the prices, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the houses are overpriced and I'm not going to overpay for a house. So I'm just refinancing mm-hmm. now. I'm refinancing. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of equity in my property. So I'm refinancing and I'm sitting back and just watching what's happening because with the, the interest rate being so high, uh, I don't want to overpay for my properties. And I've had so many landlords come to me and say, what do I do now? I bought a house without having gone through an inspection and now I find the house is leaking. What is my recourse? Mm-hmm. I said, go to a lawyer, right? You don't buy a house without doing your due diligence. I don't care what anybody says, you know, what agent is trying to push you, you know, you cannot. Well, so- well I'm, I'm curious about, I'm curious about this, Maria. So you've got a yeah. portfolio, you've got a significant amount of equity in there. You say you're refinancing. Yeah. So you're pulling, pulling out are you are you actually pulling out the equity already yes. or are you just poised to pull out the equity? Oh no, I'm pull, pulling out the, I've been pulling out equity since 2020. And okay. it was and so perfect you're... time 2020 because of the inflation, right? That was mm-hmm. a perfect time. And and I used to tell anyone who was following me on, on Facebook, pull out your equity. Pull out your equity because rather than selling your house, because mm-hmm. if it's if it's um if it's your own house, you know, we don't we don't get taxed on it but if it's a a rental property you're going to get taxed on that so why are you doing that just refinance pull the equity out it is it is a loan that you don't get taxed on so i mean i started doing things differently than i did before and now now from 2020 to 2023 i'm doing things differently again so i kind of go with what i see where the marketplace is going and when i do you have a bunch of cash lying around that you're ready to jump on an opportunity if you see the the market kind of changing again, or, or what are oh, you? Oh yeah, on, of course I will. Of course. Moving yeah, I've got a great mortgage broker. <laughs> mm-hmm. I say he's my money man, right? He's my money man. So yeah, of course I will. But I'm not. This not time yet. It's right. not time yet. Now we're going into foreclosures in Ontario. I had my real estate agent on my radio show yesterday, Dave, when you're talking about that, trying mm-hmm. to give advice to people who are just starting out, because I know that's most of the people that be watching the show are people who are starting out or have one or two properties, right? Mm-hmm. And like she was saying, don't over leverage yourself, especially when you're starting out. Like I 
I mean, I've had houses for 23 years. I've had houses for 30 years. So, I mean, I've got lots of equity. So when I refinance or, or I put a second mortgage on it, not even touching the first, I pull out equity so that I can do and you're, something. And you've still got a lot of equity left yeah, over in sure. that property. Because, yeah. yeah, because they don't give you more than 80% or 70%, depending on who gives you the money, right? right. So, of course, I still have a lot, a lot. I would never get to the point where I'm, I'm stuck. But mm-hmm. oftentimes, Dave and I, and I was talking to somebody just two weeks ago, they said they bought a house at the top of the market. Now they don't want know what to do with it mm-hmm. because it no longer is the price they paid for and they can't find tenants to go in there and they can't, they don't have any cash flow. Yeah, they definitely won't be asking, having any cash flow. Yeah, that's yeah he was asking me what to do. And this is what's going on. There is no cash flow, not with the higher interest rates. And, and the people themselves, the tenants themselves may not have a job or have low paying jobs. As we notice in, in um, India, they've let off 100,000 tech workers. Look at what's going on in Canada. Look at what's going down in Silicon Valley. Like this is a time of a lot of unrest. And we have to look at history and see what is the best thing for us to do right now. And for me as an investor, sit down, sit Mm. down and wait. And when they say you're not going to have another opportunity, my father, who was a real estate investor for many years, said, Maria, don't believe what they say. There's always another (laughs) opportunity around the corner. He says, do not fall for that. He says, do not fall for that. And he's right. Wise man. He's a wise man. Exactly. Well, yeah. Maria, this is this is awesome. If people want to connect with you and find out more about you and what you're up to, what's the number one place they can go to do that? Well, you you know what? You can go on my website, realwealthrealestate.com, and you can make an appointment that we can sit down uh, on Zoom and just chat about what you want to do you know, in real estate. If you want to go into short-term rentals, you can join my mastermind. I have a mastermind, a landlord bootcamp that'll teach you how not to get stuck with bad professional tenants, which is what's going on in Ontario. I don't know if it's going out in, in Vancouver or whatever, you know, I don't know about that, but I do know that in Ontario, it is a real problem. And I don't want anyone to be stuck with a professional tenant that w- will set you off into a foreclosure because no, you definitely can't. Not. I know because you can't get rid of them for two years and they're not paying and they're destroying your property. Does that exactly. seem right to you? No, not at all. You know? So real, real wealth, real estate, real estate com is, com is my website. Real estate media news network is my um, YouTube channel and Maria recruit and all things. Real estate is my podcast and listen to my radio show every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at 4680q.ca. I've been with them since 2019. But if you really want to get in touch with me, go on Facebook and say, hey, I listened to you on Dave Dubo. It was a great interview. Help me out here. What do I do with my tennis that I can't get rid of? I'll tell you one thing I can tell you. Find a good paralegal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wise words. Maria, thank you very much. Always a lot of fun having you on the show. Yes, you too, Dave. Good luck and keep up your good work, eh? Take care. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. See you on the next episode.